0: Greetings and good day and welcome, my relatives. I shake your hands with a good heart. This is a voice from Earth and it's good for all of us to be here. Today will be a good day. You are listening to First Forces Radio. It Ghost, towards sending you greetings and strength in the highlands of the Esopus, what Americans and Dutch call the Catskill Mountains, Regardless, it is the highlands of the Esopus and the lands of the Muncie-speaking Lenape. I'd like to introduce Miriam Yatago, a Quechua Peruvian-born language rights advocate and expert in bilingualism and a sociolinguist. Her work is rooted in the idea of language rights as human rights. In Peru, she worked with Quechua Indigenous Congress women and a congressional assistant in matters of language rights. And Miriam is a former faculty member at New York University where she worked for 22 years She published on matters of language policies, indigenous language, territory reclamation efforts, indigenous sovereignty, decolonizations of knowledge and power. Currently, Miriam is a research associate at the linguistic department within Universidad Nacional Mayor de San Marcos in Lima. And she's a founder member of a group of indigenous scholars and activists forwarding the aims of Native American and indigenous sovereignty and resurgence. We're talking with Miriam Yatko about a situation and situations that have lasted for perhaps decades in Peru, even up to the latest where the Peru's former prime minister detained on conspiracy charges was arrested because of a situation that existed during the last president, uh, Pedro Castillo, who, again, was arrested by... Dina Boluarte, who mm-hmm. is a current president. And this makes six heads of state in the last five years. And we started covering this, the unrest, as, as people say, lightly in Peru for since January and even before that. But there are root causes of the crisis still need to be addressed, as many people say. You being from Peru and the current crisis that's going on there, especially with the Indigenous peoples, we need updates and we don't hear anything. As you say, we don't hear much out of Peru news or anything, the unrest happening there. Would you tell us about your thoughts about what's going on, Miriam Yachto? Sure.
1: First of all, I would like to thank you, Jokasing I know you for many years and I have admired your work and your tenacity with uh, keep on the good work. Uh, well, as you know, I am not only Peruvian, but my mother was Quechua and a Quechua speaker. Uh, my dad was is also from an indigenous background in from the coastal Indian. So I really um ha, understand very well what is going on in Peru from an indigenous perspective, which is something that is one of the good things that are happening now. I think um years and years of uh, of being confronted with um, governments that represent a nation state that uh, has never acknowledged the poor, the underprivileged and the indigenous of Peru has come to a point that I think of conflict that there is no return. There is no return. And I see that the um, the response now from the indigenous communities, especially from the Aymara community is really strong is really strong and um well the situation is really a structural problem no that is rooted in the fact that when peru was born as a as a as a nation modern state in 1821 there was never the the people that started the nation didn't have any intention of including or reflecting on the you know, the, the inhabitants that were living there before the conquest, no? In 1520 is when we have had our first contact. And um, it's interesting, I'm going to say this, the first contact was in Cajamarca, which is where the Inca Atahualpa met Pizarro and he was um, taken in as a prisoner and then he was later killed, no? And it's interesting that Professor Pedro Castillo, he's an, the the one that is now incarcerated who was elected in 2021 he is from Cajamarca you see it's it's very symbolic it's not it's not a coincidence you know we as indigenous are analyzing this and we believe that now he is incarcerated as atahualpa was incarcerated you see, we are we, and I think this is happening. Let me tell you, this is happening without any guidance or without any anyone producing um, speeches. It's just uh, sort of the um, it is as as if indigenous people and non indigenous also uh, in Peru are emerging with this sort of collective memory that is very very traumatic, and in many ways that's why the situation now has turned into what it is. Um, as you describe very well, um in the last five years, six years, we've had like seven presidents because we had one lady that was there for like seven hours as a president. They usually don't count her. <laughs> but we had one after the other after the other, and they are all right now rather incarcerated or fugitive. You know, we had um Alejandro Toledo, who is indigenous of ethnicity but his brain his mind is not he was in los angeles so, and he has been brought to peru now and is in jail also so um ethically speaking uh, i think the elite of peru has come to a point in which uh, they just don't care they they um provide a lot of these multinational uh, mining companies, oil companies, the permission to simply go and do what they want in the Amazon, in the Andes. And that has been a problem for us for so long, no? especially uh, because um, indigenous communities are located in areas where there are a lot of minerals. And that brings me to what is going on right now, because right now, if you look at the, 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 the places in Peru, Bolivia, And Argentina also, which is now the area of Jujuy and Salta, all of those territories, which are Indian territories, are basically um, eh, of of great interest to the state, to the different states, no, Eh, because of the presence of lithium so we are having so there are many ways to look at this one is the confrontation of an elite of peru for in case of peru that is very corrupted and that it has come to a point of really basically trying to kill all of us okay just because they want to enter without any resistance number two the communities which are Many of them don't speak Spanish. They are basically Quechua speakers, Aymara speakers. They resist because it's their ter- territory, you know. And they live there, even if the mainstream Peruvians don't want to acknowledge it. There is, a, there is, a, there are societies there that have their own rules, their own languages. We are not savages, as they look at us, you know. And. They don't want to be removed. There are sacred er areas like with the Maya in in Yucatan also, and the Tren Maya, so there is confrontation. And uh, uh, in the last elections in 2021, there was the emergence of this candidate called uh, Pedro Castillo. Pedro Castillo is really, how can I explain? He's indigenous and he's not. He grew up in a very specific way. digamos uh, from the tradition of her family we believe he probably comes from the Kuye indigenous people and her parents probably spoke cuye but her parents were are are well i don't think that i don't think they are anymore they were um uh, what we call modern slaves they were allowed to live in the landowners um you know hacienda in these landowners areas where they were provided with food and with a place to sleep. And that was all. They didn't have a salary. They did nothing. They just had to be thankful. And when Velasco Alvarado, which is the first president that sort of acknowledges the presence of, um, creates a law to, for example, officialize Quechua, the language, is first officialized in the 1969, 1970. Before that, Quechua was like a Howl of Animals. So um, they they were sort of freed from being uh, slaves from the landowners. However, they they were left, you know, sort of up in the air. And they this is how this is the, the place where Pedro Castillo was born. He had to uh, sacrifice a lot with all of his brothers and sisters. I think they are like six or five. And they worked in the land. He uh, became a teacher. He's he's what we call a school teacher in rural area. And he's a humble man who's later in, in his life, he became a union leader. But uh, to the indigenous in the South and in all parts of Peru, he really represented us. It, was, it is the first candidate that we believe that in many ways doesn't come that is not related to this elite that are so exquisite, that they believe that you know they believe that they are doing Peru a favor of being the president of being in, in, in charge and he he was his election was uh quite an issue because they um he won i mean he was completely and absolutely um you should see the videos of when he went to the south and he he doesn't speak Quechua, however he connected so well and they re- acknowledge him as because he is one of us no? it's just a different story and um he was elected with a tremendous amount of vote, but the corruption tried to oust him to take him out of the of being recognized as a president. And one of the problems there is that he he was a part of a, a political party that gave him the opportunity to be, uh, you know, the a person elected to become a president and but he really had a lot of mis, uh, misunderstandings with that political party because that political party is a very marxist based kind mm. of political party and there were a lot of disagreements you know especially because um, um pedro and his wife belong to an evangelical uh, church so you see all of these contradictions going on there uh, his his vice president, the, the person that accompanied him into the vice as a vice president, was Dina Boluarte, and Dina Boluarte. This is this is what we cannot, we would never be able to to. uh How can I say? Pardon Dina Boluarte, because she, at some point, was in in some of the meetings. She would, uh, you know, always say that if something was done to to President Castillo, she would go with him. She would support him. And that is the first thing she didn't do. You know, so this is also something that I want to point out in the history of Peru. There is a lot of treason. There are a lot of traitors that come in and then they explode everything. So that's what's going on right now. Castillo was treated, listen, um, I was listening to um, in Quechua to one of the leaders yesterday, and he was saying that he has, oh, we have always lived in, a racism that is, I mean, we are treated like animals. And I can this disc- I can I can write about this forever. I can mm. talk about this because I've been through that, you know.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: growing up in Lima in a middle class, sort of middle class, for Indian standards, we were middle class. My father had businesses, he was a very good business person. And but to be able to look at the way my mother was treated my grandmother was treated with something that created such an impact in me as a little girl and growing up that it's been my force to be able to create my um, my work, you know, my academic and my activist uh, uh, work is, is delineated by that. So uh, he was, impacted by this racism that was one of the most terrible if you think that we are in 2023 and he was treated like an animal he was completely disrespected uh he was not allowed to speak Uh, pedro speaks spanish only but of course his spanish is shaped but by the kind of poor education that the peruvian system provided to him And he's also a ruler person, so they they would say he doesn't know how to speak, he doesn't know how to eat, he doesn't know how to walk. I mean, the level of racism was just terrible. And it was noticed by uh, President uh, Manuel um, López Obrador from Mexico, who has really been an extraordinary support for us now. For for one, a president from another country who also has a lot of indigenous Mm. people would acknowledge that we live in, in a slave kind of situation and that we're treated as, as less than, you know, I don't know, human beings. is it, something that has uh, made all of us think and it has provided like a mirror, you know, because sometimes people say things and people are so numb by colonization that they don't want to react but this time I think it has happened now he was uh giving a very hard time and Pedro also made a lot of mistakes you know first of all remember he used to use his his um his hat, hat yeah. yeah and at some point I guess they he had bad advisors a lot of treason uh, including that lady that has just been um arrested. Uh, yeah. She is doubtly that she was a hundred percent a good person to to Pedro. So they told him, "No, you need to become more Western and you need to take out your hat." And and he was going that way, but they're never they're never going to accept him. it. Yeah. We are we are doomed in Peru. So uh, at some point. You know, they uh, made it so difficult, so difficult. He was accused of uh, many, many things. He was trying to be impeached. He had three processes of being impeached, and in this one, he decided. Well, we don't know what happened, but he tried to create a coup. But of course, the military—it was—it was something that was created for him artificially. But it was because they wanted to detain him, but when he announced he read uh, a proclaim on the t- on tv saying that he was going to close congress but the military were not with him so he was illegally detained uh considering that he had protection as, as a president as a president um and he was incarcerated and he has been incarcerated since december 7th, and it is december 7th when when this happens, that people in the South and in many other areas, but especially the South, let me tell you what, in the South, it's very solidly Quechua and Aymara territory. you know. And that's one of the good things, and I was reading yesterday um, an article about mapping, creating new maps um, for um, having indigenous peoples reflected there as it sh- should have always been. I think finally in Peru, people are saying, "No, we are in Quechua territory." I don't, even, and this is terrible because for the for the nation state, because then we are accused of being anti-nationalistic. That oof, there are all kinds of uh, legal processes now against many of us. So I also had to be very careful. But it is, it is. Uh, we began to discuss that maybe we could do some kind of separation. Because we cannot uh, uh, allow, they, they began to accuse us of being terrorists. And there is a, a word that has been had been coined in the 1980s when we had this terrible war with Shannon Path, for example, which was not a, an indigenous uh, organization at all. They were Maoists. You see, some indigenous people yeah. went there, but it didn't it didn't reflect. But now I think we have really indigenous uh, thinking in the masses, and those are the ones that are leading the protests. Mm. So, the discussion was that maybe uh, there could be a, um, a request to become a confederacy in Peru instead of a, a one nation. And that uh, the South now is being, as I, when I send you the video, uh, is being uh, understood as Aymara territory and Quechua, Ke- the different Quechua territory, because there are many diverse Quechua's. Quechua. Quechua is, is start to start. Um, is not one language, but it is a family of languages, you know? And then there are proto-languages before that. So it's a long story, but that's not the point here. The situation is Mm -hmm. that we are now uh, sort of mapping ourselves in our own territories, you know? So that is going to be... uh, Now, what are we requesting? We are requesting that the present constitution, which was is is was uh, written by the fujimoris uh, would be sort of taken away and then we need a new constitution number one and one of our more what i've seen is all over it's not just me saying is is that we need to include the rights of mother earth there and um, also we are, and you're going to see that happening more. That's why this is the positive part of all of these uprisings, is that we are no longer uh, identifying as Peruvian, but as Tahuantinsuyanos. Tawa means four, suyo means direction. So we come from the land of the four directions. And that is uniting tremendously with Bolivia in the north of Chile, where there are a lot of Aymaras, and also with Jujuy, which is the, the area where they have lithium and they are now being they are being attacked tremendously what is going on right now in Jujuy in Salta is terrible like what happened in um, and I send you the videos not in January and February in Peru we we have been through some of the most recent massacres of Quechua and Aymara people that I can remember And so far, uh, legally, we have around 75 death people that were simply executed, they were unofficial executions. And the Corte Latinoamericana de Derechos Humanos, the Human Rights Inter-American Court has declared that to be uh, real, no? And they are uh, pressing the Peruvian government to, to find who who was the person who who did the order to kill in that way, no, and um, mm-hmm. there have been massive funerals in in Aymara territory. You see, the Aymara sometimes are not necessarily um, how can I say mentioned so much in Peru, but they the Aymara around um, are one of the indigenous uh, peoples who are in the um, in the millions in Bolivia Peru north of Chile and part of Argentina around 3 million Aymara my <clears throat> it is my idea as a linguist and working with languages that because they kept their territory so well, they have been united with territory and language I think they have they have a cohesion that in our case of Quechua that were so invaded that were so killed and separated, we don't have. So I think the Aymara right now are leading, truly leading what is coming up. And um, as of July 19th, uh, we uh, in Peru, there is um, um, an agreement among indigenous groups and activists that people are coming into Lima to take Lima again. And there is going to be confrontation. And that's when the killings are start and i hope that doesn't happen you know that's more or less where we are
0: that's a lot miriam thank you for that you talked about treason over the over the centuries perhaps from 1821 and now we come to what supposedly is a constitutional president pedro castillo and described his his family life and and the racism especially that happened there and because this most important of all the, the question of a political protest movements that's happening there but also behind it all is the land as you mentioned sort of this extractivist agenda by the current president but also other presidents in the past you said mining you know lithium oil any precious metals in that area so oh, yeah. when it comes down to it it's a foundation of land that the uh, Quechua and Imada are protecting is it not
1: all they're doing is protecting the land for everyone in cajamarca i should point this out we have one of the largest uh, mine gold gold mine uh mines in the world that is controlled by the fujimori that's why cajamarca has, is always in in a in, in a huge uh, in the middle of all, so many problems and control you know um mm. let me say also something because this has to do with the dreams and the collective memory when the days after castillo was uh, apprehended and her his family was also um, pointed with guns he, he has a beautiful daughter who has eight years old her name is alondra and they were terrified since uh, the government of mexico has provided them with with asylum you know Castillo, Pedro Castillo's wife, Lydia, is in Mexico right now with his two kids. However, in th- those you know moments, it was like a week of desperation. With that, we didn't know they could have killed them easily. Um, people in the in the Andean areas began to emerge with uh, dreams and with ideas about the fact that he was like Tupac Amaru. That they have apprehended him and they wanted to um to kill him and dismember him and it was incredible to me because there was a lot of pain and a lot of crying in in many of the protests you could see people crying because we i think we have come up to the point in which we acknowledge who we are you know and we are allowing people are collectively uh, allowing their dreams. I think the pandemic has a lot to do with this because I think during the pandemic, we suffered so much. We were, I don't know if you, oh, you could look at the videos in my group uh, language mm-hmm. rights, um, the, the Shipibo were abandoned. I mean, all of the uh, um, tribes in the Amazon area were completely abandoned and it was very strange. They all became, they were secluded, but they became infected. So I think the suffering has been so much that we have finally come up to the point as a collective uh, sort of group. Uh, collectively, we have decided that all we have is our dreams and our and our collective memory to hold on.
2: Yes. And
1: this is happening so much. That's why I'm telling you that now we are really thinking, some people are, are favoring to become a confederate, for example, that the Aymara territory would become recognized as the Basque or as the, or as the Catalan people. Mm-hmm. why not? Mm-hmm. I mean they have, they have their they, they have extractive they could do different kind of agreements they have their language, they have their own ways of conducting. We are being looked as as if we are savages that don't know how to speak, we don't know how to eat, we don't know how to walk, we don't know but that is absolutely not true. And the Aymara are confronting that more than the Quechua. I should say that. (laughs) So I think this is a moment in which uh, the suffering has brought us to a point in which I think not only, again, the indigenous and the the urban indigenous, okay, which is something that I can identify (laughs) because I always felt indigenous. I don't care what people tell me. I don't care what the Peruvian nation gave me a script to say. Because yeah. you grew up in Lima in this neighborhood, you're not. I never believed that, but that is not common, you know. Uh, I, I yeah. just had it in me, I guess, and other people too. So now it's becoming widespread. It's yes. becoming widespread. So the consciousness, this energy, is uniting us, and even people who don't feel that they are, they can trace in native roots. They are uniting with us because the level of injustice. Just goes to a point in which we cannot allow this because what is going on, what is, what will happen is that we will all be destroyed. We will all be destroyed because the country is going to be affected even more by, um, by the pollution and by the fact that people are being dislocated from these, their places. And when you're dislocated into another place, they stop speaking the language. They stop being who they are in many ways. They have to rebuild themselves. And it is terrible to feel like an illegal alien in your own territory.
0: And that's Miriam Yatko, a Peruvian linguist, Quechua speaker, who will return in the second half of Horse Voices Radio. My name is Teo ghost horse. Stay with us after this small intermission. With Xavier Rudd. And now we return to Miriam Yatago, Quechua Peruvian born language rights advocate, published on matters of language policies, indigenous languages, territory Acclamation efforts, indigenous sovereignty, and decolonization of knowledge and power. Let's, Let's talk, Miriam Yatago. Let's talk about Peru needing a new re foundation, I'd say, in. About maybe a new constitution, as an indigenous, maybe plural national constitution um, that everybody has representation. Right, but because the constitution that's currently been handpicked white men, and I'll say that group of white men handpicked by the old dictator Fujimori, and so the possibilities for a new constitution, like you can just you described, you know the details of that, but it seems that people are of course, consolidating around this new constitution idea. And with new constitution, there comes demands or maybe new policy to go by. Would you describe a little bit about that?
1: I think uh, many of the ideas that are now being sort of adopted, I mean, sort of embraced, is that the way Peru has been happening as a nation state is a collapsed a collapsed idea that, that we we don't really have that it was is um lo que se llama una nacion, eh, that we don't we never really had a nation Yeah, know we have an elite that is very small that living a certain part of lima because in lima there are many migrants also and they have sort of contributed to, to that city that is like a monster really and that we can no longer uh, do that. So uh, there is a a large group of people that I include myself in is that we need to do uh, a rebirth of the nation. You know, we need to uh, create new foundations and those new foundations have to be inclusive, um, uh, respecting uh, the laws of mother earth, mother water, and, a creating a society that will finally make us look equal to equal because there is no other way and also multilingual because there are a lot of i mean we have a tremendous amount of quechua speakers mm. uh, and i have been part of that because in 2010 i went back to peru to work with two quechua speaking congresswomen, and i moved everything so much that the legislation was approved so um, yeah, that's something I've done, and I feel very that's happy.
2: Great.
1: Unfortunately, the the legislation that was approved has been sort of kidnapped by the state, which is what happens, you know. So mm-hmm. there are a lot of new things that need to happen so that we would be in control, you know. We we there is I told them there is no one no one can have more um, right to the language than the elders who speak it. You know, even against all odds. And unfortunately during the pandemic, many of those those elders have passed away. And you know that's happened all over indigenous uh societies around the world, no? Because I've seen what's happened with many of the elders in the Navajo Nation, in the Cherokee nation, and around, no. So that's one of the things that I, I feel that they people need to sort of um look at all of these elements that create uh, a society in a different way and that different way has to be what um our indigenous um epistemologies provide to us you know yeah. and it is a deep it is a it is a deep um understanding and i'm not sure how much But I think people right now are really um, sort of being able to understand that there has to be other ways to be and not just these neoliberal um, kind of constructions that create Peru as a branding. I don't know if you know that. Marca Peru, for example, Marca Peru is a branding they created of Peru, a brand. No, and we have the best food in the world. We have the gastronomical, but who handles that is five or six chefs who are not who are denying and not acknowledging. For example, that if we have five thousand uh, species of potato, five thousand types of potato, it's not because of the of the, of Marca Peru of the Peruvian state. It's because of the. Uh, traditional, I use communities in the highland and they are the ones who who really, if we find someone who has the idea it's them, not the chefs. Mm-hmm. So it is this sort of um mm-hmm. I, that drives me crazy. They claim an authorship that they don't they've never had and they displace the real people who have against, you know, the most terrible racism discrimination. They have defended the potato and all other products and they defend the land against some of the most terrible violence, no? That comes from this Western idea of neoliberal patriotism. Mm -hmm.
0: For the last thoughts here, we can think about this ancient voice coming from Tupac Amaru, right? And that he said something about blood multiplies by the millions. And therefore, yes. the idea is that creates the basis for this economical, social, cultural, and political conscious that's now being formed. And that confrontation is exactly the force for this July 19th meeting that you're talking about, this exactly. confrontation and that system that has to be refounded based on the earth because as we, as indigenous know that, you know, the earth is the source of life, a mother earth, Pachamama, as you say, and we are looking towards not the confrontation, but something has to be changed because this reverberates around the world, but the world is not gonna hear about it because those governments are keeping, even us, as we are self censoring the, the
1: media, yeah, in Peru media, but, has but also been completely we are silent about, about what is yeah, going on, mm-hmm. and
0: we also are self censoring ourselves too because we're we ashamed of speaking out. If we get over that, then it'll all come out. That's what I feel.
1: Yes, I think so. I think, um, the idea that we should all unite and defend Mother Earth and defend the people the guardians the communities who have resisted um many don't really speak in spanish purposely many uh trying to seclude themselves in you know in these highlands or in the amazon areas far from what is called civilization even the not uncontacted tribes not uncontacted tribes, are are, are being uh, seized and they want to be attacked you know, uh, mm-hmm. this idea of um, Terra nullis, no that uh, the land has no one in there and they can go and take it. <laughs> it's, it's still in the mind of a lot of these, of, of course, of all of these neoliberal, uh, neo-extractivist um, governments. No? So I think, that in the spirit of our father, uh, Tupac Amaru, and his wife, Micaela Bastidas, and also in the spirit of Wiracocha, no? which is our main spirit that take care of us, I think we, I am expecting an outcome in which justice will be served. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm. Wow, I, I don't know, can't say I look forward to it, but then again, it feels like this is uh, inevitable. This needs to happen anyway because of the earth, because of the treatment of the indigenous peoples, not only in, in, in Peru, but Bolivia, and even in Colombia, as I reported. Um, oh, yeah, Colombia and
1: Argentina. Which,
0: yeah, and especially Argentina with the killing the, the, of the Cosa. The right? The Koya people, and that we don't hear anything. And trying to get somebody to um, to um, translate, I just did, and he talks about the the person leading the, the young person saying this is outright genocide because they're killing indigenous peoples over the lithium mining. And Absolutely. here in here in the United States, it's the same. They're they're arresting native people um, in Nevada because, and and then. These data people are not even on site. They're, you know, part of the uh, leadership, I guess, traditional leadership that might inspire other peoples to come. In other words, in the United States, they don't want another standing rock. So, but it's a lithium mining, the largest in the United States, as far as people are saying. But now these are all connected. This is why we must always keep north and south "Quote unquote America yes. together." We should always because...
1: keep united. That's why I I sent I contacted you because I feel that we have to start kind of a a, a continuum of uh, exchanging what is going on in Peru hmm. and what is going on in Jujuy right now. They are killing them. They are disappearing them, the indigenous people, because the um, their land is in the middle of where the uh, lithium mines are located. Mm-hmm. And um, there are people who are denouncing that, and we should try to look into that. Yeah.
0: Yes. So we look forward to talking again, Miriam Yatko. But it's really okay. just an honor to to have your heart and your your mind and, and your energy here on First Voices Radio. And thanks for being a good friend all, the, all of these years and the language um, clarity that you do, you know, bringing the right interpretations from the Quechua and the aymara especially the quechua that you do and the lingual work that you do um i think that's more needed to really understand what the true word is among indigenous peoples because often it's codified or standardized to fit either spanish or english so you know the, the energy is really lost and listeners of that of this program You know, they they do, some do want to understand more, but they only can think from from the box of colonialism, especially even Native people. So the possibilities are becoming more and more real, as you say, and that consciousness is here. So, but I want to thank you for bringing all of that, Miriam. It's just an honor to talk to you.
1: One of the the most um, beautiful things for me have been to have been able to meet people in the North and to have created friends and, you know, have met and have been in Oklahoma, have visited so many places and learned. That is something that I always talk about with people in the Quechua communities and I really have it in my heart. So we all need to be together. Thank you so much.
3: Yeah.
4: And you trust in their deceit, your mind causes your defeat, and so you become an invention to distort this hurt, propaganda and lies, is a plague in our lives, are much more victimized before we realize that. it's mind control. Corruption of your thoughts, yeah. Destruction of your soul. Mind control. mind control. It's mind control. Corruption of your thoughts, yeah. Destruction of your soul. Oh, old Grandmaster, let the people go. You put them in total confusion to downstroy their souls. For they practice what you preach So they're always in your reach <laughs> I tech slavery in these days It's mind control They'll make it attractive To get men distracted Corrupting you, polluting you, destroying Mind control Mind control Correct. your soul My
0: Right before we get on out of here, the first cut after after the interview with Miriam Yatago, Iron Sky by Paolo Nutini from the album Caustic Love 2014. And the last track was Mind Control by Stephen Marley from the album Mind Control, a reggae number from 2007, Even Then. My name is Teokasin Ghost Horse. I want to thank you for joining us here on First Voices Radio. Ake.
5: Sights I've seen in the depth of the world and the heart of the dream. Ooh, all the places I've been, each one reflected in the states I'm in. All states I'm in. I'm slick as a dealer in a Aces up his sleeve and he's not afraid The mare in his uniform, monkeys have been well paid Climbing up the ivy to the balcony above Where pines the heart of my one true love Obsession, delusion, all that waits is a fateful shove Ooh-wee, all the sights I've seen In the depth of the world and the places I've been each one reflected in the states I'm in states I'm in